talking forever. I don't know if my voice is going to last or not. I'm trying to preach now. You got your Bibles. We're going to 1 Corinthians 11, 23 to 26. If we could stand as we read this. Honor of the Word of God. 1 Corinthians 11, 23 to 26. We're also going to read 1 Peter 2 and 24 and Isaiah 53 and 5. All kinds of verses. I've been sitting for a while. I need to stretch to get the blood going. 1 Corinthians 11, 23 to 26 says, For I have received of the Lord, which I also delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. When he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you, this do in remembrance of me. After the same manner also he took the cup when he had supped, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do ye as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you do show the Lord's death until come. 1 Peter 2 and 24 says, Who his own self bear our sins and his own body on the tree, that we being dead to sin should live unto righteousness, by whose stripes we are, ye are healed. And Isaiah 53 and 5, For he was wounded for our transgressions, he was bruised for our iniquities, the chastisement of our peace was upon him, with his stripes we are healed. I've read 1 Corinthians 11, 23-26 several times. You've all heard it. I don't know if I've ever heard it preached. We're going to preach from that today. But the unbreakable blood of Jesus. Let's pray again. Uh, one more time. We're going through the word today. Jesus, hallelujah. We thank you uh, for your, your presence. It's here, your anointing. Uh, for your word today, I pray that you would Speak to our hearts. I pray that going forward from this moment, we would draw closer to you. God, I pray that you would just have your way in our, our lives today, God, and the service in Jesus' name. God, we give everything over to you, God. Let your will be done, I pray. In Jesus' name. Amen. You can, you can be seated. And like, um, I'm going to notice the communion thing at the front. We're going to do that after. Uh, but, this is uh, not the first Sunday of the year, but last Sunday was kind of a, uh, I don't know, it didn't feel like the first, it was literally the first, but um, this is the beginning of a new year, and we talked some last week about forgetting about the past and letting God do a, a new thing, and we're about to enter our annual 21 days of prayer and fasting, which we dubbed 21 days of devotion, this time around, and um, I, I like to, at times like this, uh, to come back to what it is that brings all of us weirdos together. I use that word affectionately. Because <laughs> a lot of us, we wouldn't know each other if it wasn't for the church. Some of us are family, and obviously you would. Um, but some of us wouldn't even know our spouses if it wasn't for the church. Um, uh, and uh, one of the most incredible things about the church is how it's made up of people from all kinds of different backgrounds and ways of life. And one of the most challenging things about the church is it's made up of people of all kinds of different backgrounds and ways of life. Uh, the early church was made up of devout Jews and previously heathen 
Gentiles who had never even heard of Jehovah and uh, all kinds of people in between. Uh, there were poor widows and, and rich folks and there were rough fishermen and distinguished religiously trained leaders. You think of Peter and Paul, those guys shouldn't have been working together normally. Um, <clears throat> there were slaves and there were free people. There was even people in Caesar's household. And the modern church is much the same. We have all kinds of different folks. Some of us are rough around the edges and some are more polished. Some come from cities. Some come from the middle of nowhere. Some are on welfare and some are wealthy. Some have come from religious backgrounds previously, maybe Catholic or um, a lot of Nazarene folk around here I've heard come through and maybe, maybe some have never even read the Bible before they showed up at, at, our, at our church. And one of the church's greatest strengths is our diversity, but it can also become one of our biggest weaknesses if we allow it, and that becomes a thing that we focus on. Because with all these different backgrounds and views on life and personalities and all that, it's easy sometimes for us to lose sight of what is actually important, what it is that brings us together in the first place, and that is the cross. And that is the blood of Jesus and the sacrifice he paid for all of our sins. In 1 Corinthians 11, Paul is teaching on how to conduct ourselves in corporate worship when we come together. And um, he first starts teaching, or he starts teaching about what he dubs the Lord's Supper or communion, as some of us call it. And he starts by correcting some of the things that are doing wrong. And then he says in 1 Corinthians 11, 23 to 24, he says, For I have received of the Lord, which I, which also I delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you, this do in remembrance of me. And we're, if we've been in church for any amount of time and we've ever been in any communion service, we have heard this passage before. We're familiar with it. We read it every time we have communion, and today is no different. But I want to look at it a little closer, maybe a little bit different than we have in the past today. Jesus, as Paul is retelling the story, he's about to be betrayed. And he takes some bread. He's having the Passover with his disciples. He takes some bread and he gives thanks. And he breaks the bread. And he says, take, eat, this is my body. So Jesus takes the bread in his hand and he gives thanks knowing that... This bread is going to be broken. And Jesus knows what he's going to say. And he knows that the bread that he's going to break is representing his body, which is going to be broken. And he gives thanks knowing what's going to come. He gives thanks knowing what he's going to endure. He gives thanks knowing that this body is going to be broken. And he is still grateful, even though there's a breaking that is going to happen not long after this. He gives thanks even though he knows that pain was coming down the road. Do you know what I'm trying to say? We like to imagine and dream of a life without pain, without breaking, without hurt, but it comes. It always seems to catch us off guard, but it comes just the same. It always does. And the test is, can I be thankful anyway? Can we be grateful anyway, knowing that at some point there's going to be some sort of breaking that happens 
1 Thessalonians 5 and 18 says, And everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. We talk about the will of God a lot, and this is, this is it. And everything give thanks, at least part of the will of God. This is what he wants from us. And everything give thanks in everything. And that means in the blessing, and that means also in the breaking. In the times of good, the times of bad. The times of everything working out and the times when nothing is working out. Jesus knew that his body was going to be broken and he gave thanks anyway. This is the ultimate example for us. And it's easy, it's easy to be thankful when everything goes right. It's easy to be thankful when all the bills are paid and the car doesn't need to get fixed and the kids are acting right and everything's coming up good, coming up good. Everything's going well. It's easy to be thankful when everything's going right. It's a new year and we're all filled with hope that this is going to be a great year. This is a good year. This is my year. Maybe you've said that. Everything's going to be different this year. We may have said things like, thank God last year's over. I'm so done with 2022. That was a terrible year and I'm ready to go forward. And um, <clears throat> looking forward to what this year is going to be. Is that, maybe, maybe someone said that. Or thought that usually happens. I don't want to burst your bubble. We'll be the bearer of bad news. But someone here is going to go through a trial this year. And someone here is going to go through a time of breaking this year. And someone here is going to have someone close to them turn on them. And the relationships will suffer for some of us this year. Heartache will come and people we love will walk away from the truth. Or people we love will... Pass away. Real positive, I know. There will be days when you wished you didn't get out of bed. There will be days, may even be days when, like Job, you cursed the day you were born. There will be days or times of frustration and confusion and doubt. Because that's how life goes. Every year, we're like, everything's going to be fine. And something happens every time. Maybe that's just me. Maybe your guys' life's all gravy. And if you don't like gravy, then that would be terrible. Well, that's how life goes. I'm not trying to be a negative Nancy. But these things happen. And it's easy to be grateful and give thanks when the year stretching out before us. is like my good friend Anne Shirley says, new, with no mistakes in it yet. It's easy to be thankful when it's just a, a blank slate that you didn't smash over Gilbert's head. It's easy to be thankful when everything is just clean and looks... This is going to be it. This is the year. I'm going, to, I'm going to lose 50 pounds. I'm going to make more money than I ever made. I'm going to give more than I ever gave. I'm going to whatever. Do all these things. Uh, and we can be thankful knowing that. The, but can we be thankful knowing that these times of pain are going to come? Because life happens. As much as we don't want it to. As much as we don't want to think about it. I wouldn't advise you to dwell on the fact that things are going to happen. But things will, because that's, that's how life is. Can we be grateful in the face of oncoming pain and loss and brokenness? Jesus knew what was going to happen, and he was thankful and grateful. Anyway, and if you allow me, I'd like to take this a little bit further. Ephesians 1, 22-23 says, Who, And hath put all things under his feet, and gave him to be the head over all things to the church, which is his body, and the fullness of him that filleth it all. The New Testament church is often referred to as the body of Jesus. And there are times 
when it will feel like the church is breaking. There will be moments of betrayal and sin in the church that will shake us and rock us and hurt. There are times when we won't look and act like we should, when we say things that we shouldn't say, and we do things to each other that we shouldn't do. There'll be times when things are covered up that shouldn't be covered up, and there are moments when the church does not act like the church. And if we're honest, most of us that we've been around for any amount of time have witnessed the brokenness of the church at some point. Maybe we've been hurt. Maybe we've been attacked or abused or mistreated or neglected. And maybe we've been the one who did it. Maybe we've been let down by the lack of empathy, lack of caring by those around us. And maybe the love that is supposed to be there hasn't been there like it should. And can we be thankful anyway? Can we be grateful anyway? Because as broken as she is at times, the church is still the body. Bodies break. Bodies get wounded and bodies wear down. Anyone there? Anyone's body a little worn down than it was 20 years ago? <laughs> bodies, that's what bodies do. And sometimes, <laughs> sometimes as we're going about our day, we hurt ourselves just by doing a little thing. It's a little routine thing, picking up something wrong or turning too quickly. I, I have felt like I pulled muscles sneezing. That doesn't even make sense. Sometimes I sneeze and then I can't move my arm. It hurts. Why? It's normal to sneeze. Sometimes we just turn wrong and hurt. Bodies let us down. It's going to be just a little tiny thing and it becomes a big thing, right? Bodies take damage. No one in this room has lived their entire life without hurting themselves at least once. If you have, I'd like to know your secret. Felix is off to a bad start. He hurts himself every day, I think. Cuts, bruises, burns, wounds, whatever. Bodies break and they fail at that time. They limit us. But you know what doesn't break? The blood. The blood never breaks. Bodies can break, but the blood doesn't. 1 Corinthians 11, 24 to 25, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat this in my body, which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. After the same manner also he took the cup, when he had supped, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do ye as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. There is no mention of the blood breaking. The body can break, but the blood does not. The blood of Jesus is unbreakable. This is from Brother Woodward because he says it better than I could. So when, we, when he had given thanks, he prayed and said, Take heed, this is my body which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. On that fateful final night, Jesus broke bread and told his disciples specifically that his body would be broken, hurt, slapped, bruised, punched, ripped, crushed, punctured, mangled, torn, damaged, injured, mutilated, wounded, um, broken. Something had to be broken because sin had so badly broken the human race that it should have been us. It should have been you, it should have been me, but instead it was him. He took it, he felt it, he bore it in his body, which was broken. Broken a thousand 
ways. The vicious slaps and punches broke the capillaries in his skin, forming fiery scarlet bruises. The ragged crown of thorns punctured the tender skin of his face, staining like death by a thousand cuts. The whip ripped bloody trenches across his torso until the life began to ebb from his flesh. The rusty nails tore gaping wounds in his hands and feet until he could hardly endure the agony and the spear opened up a crimson stream that flowed from his side until the ground beneath the cross was soaked with blood. Yes, his body was broken, but his blood was not broken. His blood wasn't injured or inhibited. His blood wasn't hurt or hindered. His blood wasn't damaged or diminished. It is still unblemished, spotless, and precious. It still brings us near and gives us boldness. It still provides peace and reconciliation, salvation and justification, washing and sanctification. It still grants us forgiveness and riches and redemption. It still overcomes our accuser. It still cleanses. It still has the power to remit sin. It still is the blood that purchased the church because it is still the blood of the everlasting covenant. No, his blood was not broken. It still flows today. It can heal every kind of sickness and all manner of disease. It can break the shackles of addiction and perversion. It can banish depression and overcome oppression. It can fight every temptation and fix every situation. It can restore anyone's past, renew anyone's present, and redeem anyone's future because the blood isn't broken. It still works and it will never lose its power. The blood is unbreakable and the blood of Jesus is the thing that binds us all together. It's the one thing that unites us. The blood that saves us all is unbreakable. It never weakens. It never loses its power. It never loses its effectiveness. As Andre Crouch wrote and sang the blood that Jesus shed for me way back on Calvary the blood that gives me strength from day to day it will never lose its power it reaches to the highest mountain and flows to the lowest valley the blood that gives me strength from day to day will never lose its power it soothes my doubts and calms my fears and dries all of my tears the blood that gives me strength from day to day will never lose its power. It reaches to the highest mountain, flows to the lowest valley. It gives me strength from day to day. It will never lose its power. The body may break. The body may be broken, but the blood of Jesus will never break. Scientifically, the blood is essential to healing. It carries oxygen and nutrients essential to heal. Various molecular components of the blood are known to trigger tissue repair processes after an injury. Spiritually, the blood of Jesus is essential to healing. The brokenness of sin can only be healed by the blood of Jesus. Peter said, who his own self bear our own sins on his body on the tree, that we being dead to sins should live in the righteousness by whose stripes ye were healed. And Isaiah prophesied and said, but he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him and with his stripes we are healed. The blood heals. The blood remains unbroken. It's the thread weaving through each born again child of God. It connects us all. It brings us all together from all the different backgrounds and all the different places we come from. Ephesians 2 and 13 says, But now in Christ Jesus ye who sometimes were afar off were made nigh by the blood of Christ. We've been brought together by his blood. The New Living Translation says, But now you have been united 
with Christ Jesus. Once you were far from God, but now you've been brought near to him through the blood of Christ. The blood of Jesus brings us all together. And his body may break sometime. The body may fail, but the blood never does. No matter what happens in this coming year, no matter what sort of breaking we will encounter, no matter what happens in my life or what happens in your life, no matter what happens to this church or happens to us as individuals, the blood of Jesus will remain constant. The blood of Jesus will never lose its power. And if we continue to let the blood flow, the body will heal and the body will recover. The blood of Jesus heals and it still reconciles us to him. And the blood of Jesus still saves and still covers sin and still cleanses. And I've still been bought by the blood of Jesus. Do we still believe in the blood of Jesus? Are we still thankful for his blood? There's power in his blood. First Peter 1, 18 and 19 says, For as much as ye know that we're not condemned with corruptible things as silver and gold from your vain conversation received by tradition from your fathers, but with that precious blood of Christ, as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. That is what redeems us. Not all the things that we've done. Not all the things we can do. Not our traditions that have been passed down. Not the way we run a service. Not the songs that we sing. The blood of Jesus is what redeems us. Us and I'm thankful for his blood. We wouldn't be here if it wasn't for that. When we lose sight of the blood of Jesus, we lose sight of the cross, that's when we start falling apart. And so at the beginning of this new year, let's turn our attention back on what it is that matters. We sometimes make goals for the new year. We make plans and things we want to do. And I wonder if our goal and aim for this year could look a little like what Paul says earlier in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, 1 to 5. He said, I, brethren, when I came to you, came not with excellency of speech or of wisdom, declaring unto you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you save Jesus Christ and him crucified. And I was with you in weakness and in fear and with much trembling. And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but a demonstration of the spirit and of power, that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. I don't care how well I can preach or sound, or how great I can debate or argue. I don't need to know every little thing. I don't need to go down every little argument with every person. I don't need to prove everyone wrong on the internet. I don't need to prove that I know more than everyone else. Paul, he said in verse 2, for I am determined not to know anything among you save Jesus Christ and him crucified. And that is what matters the most. Not how much stuff you know. About how well you can prove your point. How well you can preach or how well you can sing or how smart and dignified I can sound. This is what matters. Jesus Christ and him crucified. All I need is Jesus. All I need is the cross. All I need is the blood. And we can make plans and goals for the year, but this should be our focus. This is what I need more than anything. Jesus and him crucified. All I need is the blood. And when that is our desire, that's when the demonstration of the spirit, the power shows up. 
That's what he said. My speech and preaching were not with enticing words of man's wisdom. I feel you there, Paul. But a demonstration of the spirit and of power. That's when it comes. When our focus is on the right thing. When we surrender, we give up our pride. When it doesn't become about us. It's not about how much I know or how well I can do this or how great I am. When we let the blood flow. When we let the spirit work. So if my wife would come back, hopefully. We're going to take communion here in a bit. Before we do, I wonder if we can take some time in prayer and get things lined up. I don't know how to say it. I feel like we get distracted an awful lot by a lot of things going on in our lives and a lot of things going on in the world. Well, the main thing that brings us all together, we can get focused on all our differences and this person did this and that person did that. But the thing that brings us all together is Jesus and his sacrifice and the cross and the blood. I wonder, before we do communion, I wonder if we could take some time and, and pray and thank him for what he's done for us and thank him for that blood. And if you need that blood applied in baptism, let me know. Take that, take care of that. Let's just take some time this morning and just thank him for what it is he's done. I know we're so far removed from the way things were 2,000 years ago. This is hard for us to imagine what it is that he went through. So we don't know that sort of brutality was incredible what it is that he went through the purchase of our salvation I'm just so thankful and so grateful I don't deserve it thank you Jesus let's turn our attention to him this morning hallelujah Jesus' 